the volume. The Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1 888 789 or visit slash chat for Connecticut, 1 800 Gambler, or visit slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia, 1 877 Stop for Louisiana, 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1 877 8 Hope NY, or text Hope NY for New York, Tennessee Redline, 1 800 889 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Guys, welcome to the sessions. Um, I would just like to give a disclaimer um, before we start that I have not um, had a glass of wine. I've had nothing. I'm just deliriously tired. So if I say some dumb shit, that's why. I'm like, I really feel like I'm on another planet right now. Like I'm... I don't know why. I'm so tired right now. I feel like silly. Well, you had a weekend. You had a, you had a very busy weekend. I have purple hair. Yeah, what the fuck, bro? So I was talking to Amelia before we jumped on here. I just like, I thought it was going to be this like very subtle, understated, just a little tiny. Sh- I didn't even know it was going to be purple. I was so cash about the whole thing that I was like, you pick a color. I don't care. Let's just do a little shock of something for shits. Um... I think I was just like, I thought I said that. I did say that. But I thought when I said that, that she was going to go, well, just do pink, obviously. I like the purple, though. The purple's pretty. But I think once it really fades, I will like it more. It's just it was more purple than one had anticipated for. You don't sound sold. I'm not sold. I am not sold. I like it, though. Every time I pass the mirror, I'm like, okay. We can handle this. Also, like, if you put on, like, a little bit of makeup, maybe, like, a fun little, like, red lip. You only live once, you know? Put the fucking color in your hair and let's just let it fly. Let her rip, bud. You look like an indie wrestler now, so just keep on going. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just, I'm here manifesting dreams. That's it. Renee's taking bumps, guys. Pancakes and pile drivers. Shoutouts to Sammy Callahan. Great, great. I I mean, listen, (laughs) it's only in Dayton. I can make my way up there. It's not far. Coming in hot, baby. Um, a few things I want to talk about. Um, I got permanent jewelry put on my body. Could you explain this to me? So I got two bracelets and a necklace. But they do a couple different options. I mean, the rings don't really count because you can obviously slide that off. It's these like very dainty, like pure gold chains. So they're not going to tarnish. They're not going to get all shitty. I hate taking my jewelry off. I lose it. I like to put something on and just like, that's the look. Let's just, I don't like to, and you can layer. They're very easy, layerable pieces. So what they do is you like pick which links you want. I got like a bigger link and then like a twisted link uh, or chain, sorry. 
and then they weld it together on you. So it's like on there. I think it's really cool for someone like me who's like, I, it's a simple thing. It's not offensive. I'm never going to be like, ew, get this thing off me. Like, I think they're really pretty, super simple. Um, and now they're just on there. They're just like a part of me. And obviously, you know, if I really need to take it off, I'm sure I could just like give it a good yank. But yeah, so they're on you forever unless you have a pair of bolt cutters and then you could just snip, yeah, snip. Fucking find them in my grave, bud. That's where we're going. Do you have like the cool little Nora N still on you? Well, I took that off when I put this on just because I just wanted to let this thing be its own. But like I said, it's super layerable. So I can wear this and the Nora N. I can wear this with a million different necklaces. I'm not a big jewelry person. I do have a rope chain around my neck, but I don't take it off. And I don't like ornate or gaudy jewelry at all. I'm not really like, I don't wear like rings or watches. I've never owned a watch. I could see you being a ring person. I'm surprised you're not like a pinky ring kind of guy. You know, our buddy Skinny Nicky was trying to convince me a while ago. (laughs) That's exactly who I was thinking of when I was picturing you with a pinky ring. So you and Skinny Nicky are like definitely like shades of the same person to a degree. Um, we are. I you love guys that can kid. both kind of pull off. I love Skinny Nikki is one of my favorite same, human beings same, in the entire same, world. Same. Love that man. Um, but yeah, I feel like you guys are very similar. So the pinky ring, I'm just saying, think about it. You know what? I'm not against it, but I have to find one. Like, I don't want something too big. I don't want something too ornate. Maybe just, or maybe we can, we can, we can look together. Something maybe uh, just no as simple. Maybe a simple gold one, just like right around the pinky. I think there needs pinky. to be some kind of like a, some kind of a stamp on it or like, I don't know, like you're Catholic, right? Yes. When you put something yeah. like that on there, I feel like there's like some really like, I'm not religious at all, but there's something about uh, like like jewelry that comes with like Catholic, Catholic, am I saying that right? Catholicism, you're saying it right. Thank yeah. you. I was like going down that path and I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't finish. Um I also just love churches. I feel like I, there's so many beautiful churches in Cincinnati. Oh my God, I just I want to go in. Am I being am I being summoned by the Lord Himself? You might be called upon the Lord to do your to do your work. Yes, you you, you might. We listen. We might even get a whole uh, Renee religious podcast. You never know. We'll, we'll, I pretty much went down that path with Miro. I wasn't expecting that, but we did. I love that. Actually, I thought that was really cool. Uh, big shout outs to everybody that we've seen in Nashville. Uh, if yeah. you haven't checked out Renee's vlog because she ate hot chicken, she bought cowboy boots and a hat. Um, that chicken was so hot. Are you aware of? How prominent the trend of cowboy boots is for fall. It's everything. It is everything and it's everywhere. And it's like mixing it with like business cash. I've seen people on and like Vogue wearing like their like workout clothes with like a little jacket over them with some little cowboy boots. I even seen a uh, a close group friend Insta story that you tagged us in and the chickens wearing her little leggings with her cowboy boots. (laughs) She brought, so it's really funny that she's, she's only 14 months, but this is twice now in the last couple days that she specifically is like, she brings me the shoes, so the cowboy boots, and she sits down and she hands me her foot to put them on. She knows that that's what it is. She wants them on. And then she did it again today. One of my girlfriends, she gave me a little like hand-me-down pair of her like um, of her daughter's these little like pink dock style boots. Nora brings them out to me today. Wants me to put them on her. Sits down. They're like six sizes too big, but maybe not six, but they're way too big for her. 
She, I strapped them on her feet and she goes to the door to like open the front door. She's like, I want to go outside now. She wanted to put them on and take a lap around the neighborhood. That is your kid, man. Straight up. So funny. I just, I didn't think like that kind of a thing would happen for like a couple of years. I'm like, oh, we're picking out outfits. Let's go, girls. Well, did she see the boots that you have? Because you bought some real dope boots. She did, but I've not worn them yet. You got to break those bad boys in. I know. I know. Um, so now that I'm so aware and privy to like, I I always love Western wear. I always wear like a pointed toe booty. That's always kind of been my vibe. Not the sneakers, because as we found out, it's just not really my vibe. It's okay. I know my lane. I'm going to stick to it. Um, and now this resurgence of this Western wear, I feel like I'm that mama might get her groove back. Start wearing the, the with a little bell bottomy flare, maybe. Or even if you want to do... What I've been noticing too now, they're skinny bootcut jeans. There's a skinny bootcut jean, and there's also like a slouchy jean still tucked into the cowboy boot, and that's also the look. You know who put me on to tucking in the boots with the jeans? Joey Janella, because Joey came and did uh, two summers ago. Um, a wrestle rap photo shoot for me because I was doing some hats and he was like what can I wear I was like Joe wear anything I'm just filming your head he pulls up in these really dope I don't know if they were snakeskin or crocodile boots but they were gray and they faded into a dark black and he came in with a pair of dope jeans on and I love the way it looked he really has that like I mean this uh, and it as a term of endearment but he very much so has that like scumbag, <laughs> charming, but I mean like charming ah, yes. in a very charming way. That Endearing. Is, like, there's just something a little like scum. I mean, we know this. We It's Joey Janela, <laughs> but he's, it's not. I mean like that like rough around the edges. Right, you might not right, want your daughter right. to hang out with him. <laughs> but at the core, you know, he's like a good dude. Like he's a sweet, good dude. But he just has that really like rough. Um, style about him and I like it like I really am drawn to that kind of like that like fashion when I pass him I'm like what is this guy's deal what's he wearing what's happening it works for him I like it that sounded like a burn I'm not burning him at all I'm giving him a compliment it's the opposite of a burn to me if you could pull off a vagabond rogue look then you're doing something right vagabond vagabond is a nicer way I just said scumbag I like it. That'll be all over the dirt sheets. Renee Paquette calls <laughs> Joey Janela scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guy. He knows what I mean. Hopefully I'll, I'll uh, make sure to clarify with him. So anyways, I just feel like I'm ready for fall. I've got my boot trend ready to go. I'm feeling good. Permanent jewelry, purple hair, and a cowboy boot. Who can stop me? It all started when you got the Invisalign, man. That's when it started. Now it's time that we talk about teeth. Are you going to get your teeth removed? What's happening? Yeah, tomorrow I got a consultation right after our, our recording tomorrow. And then that's it. Then they get yanked. Wisdom teeth? Oh, yeah. All four. Fuck. I'm going to do- they put, Are they putting you out for it or no? Yeah, I'm going to do the, the bottom two first and then the top two after that. I'm not doing all four in one shot. Why? Because they're expensive and I got to pay out of pocket. Mm, okay, that's a good reason. That's a fair reason. It's going to be like, I think, six fifty for the first round and then six fifty for the second round. Dude, dentistry is gnarly expensive. I should have been a dentist, man. Britt Baker cleaning up. Making money. 
so funny how many times I have to like text her. She did not do my, she's not my dentist. I wish she was my dentist. My dentist here is great, but it would be great if Britt was my dentist. But I have to message her sometimes. I'm like, is this okay? Is this okay? As I'm like doing my Invisalign. She's like my point of reference. It's easier to text her than it is to call my actual dentist. I don't have a dentist nor a primary care physician. So when you have like the type of insurance that I have. Dude, my my insurance is absolute dog shit. And I just found out and I'm heartbroken about it. And they give you this book, right? And you have to thumb through the book to see who you can get. So it's kind of like like an online catalog and you're trying it's to- It's rotten. Right. And I'm like, I don't trust these butches with my mouth. So I call Ange and I'm like, who's your uh, orthodontist? And she was like, oh, Dr. Such and Such. I was like, that's who I'm going to. So now I'm just like, all right, I got that scheduled tomorrow. I'm going to tell them doctors, pull these some bitches out. Let's go. I've been dealing with so Isaac much. Isaac Yankum, let's go. DDS that shit. I've been dealing with so much chronic mouth pain for, for, and it's been getting predominantly worse. Is it giving you like headaches and stuff too? Is it like really taking you down? Headaches. I'm moody. Extra moody. Extra- <laughs> I was going to jump in on that. I'm like, oh, tell me about it. <laughs> Extra moody. It's just my my ears get bothering me now. I've had a fever a couple of times. Oh, my God. You know, God. you make sure you do the COVID test first. You want to make sure you get, you do the swabby to make sure you're good. I'm fine with that. But it's just it's just the pain. When we were in Nashville, I was suffering bad. I was I was I couldn't tell. I was eating Advils like they were like M&Ms. The hot chicken was also like a nice sedative. It helped a lot because the pain from that <laughs> made me forget about <laughs> just, my yeah. It's like pinch me here so I'm not feeling the pain over here. Yeah. And then it, and then it double whammies you again because then when you use the bathroom, your asshole Oh saying, my god. Don't yeah, the old ring of fire calling you up on the phone. I was like, "Damn this chicken." Yeah, it really was an unearthly experience. We paid for that one big time. Dearly, we did. So if you want to see that, you can go to the YouTube channel, Renee Paquette TV, check it out, and you can see the short, and you can see the full vlog. Yeah, check it all out. Check it all out. I feel great about my Invisalign, though, which was what we started talking about. Um, I'm on tray, I'm only on tray two. I have 17 of them. Change them every two weeks. I'm moving and shaking over here. I actually, like... Um, wearing them is fine. The thing, sorry, I'm drinking a diet pop and it's making me have to burp. Let it out. Let it out on the microphone. There we Do go. It. Oh my God. Listen, I swear enough. I need to like, I got to pick and choose my battles. I'm not going to burp into the phone. A little decorum. A little decorum. Stern does it. Well, Stern makes a lot more money than I do. So <laughs> there's that. Hey now. Anyways, I'm really excited. I was saying to John the other day, I'm like, I feel like I'm in my glow up phase right now. Like as much as I have these little like nodules on my teeth as we're straightening them in a couple months, it's going to be gone. My te- I'm going to feel great about my teeth. My hair is coming in very nice and long. Amazing. It's incredible. If I just get a spray tan, who could stop me? You're in it. That's it. Your glow up has happened. Is it going to be a midlife crisis? Is that is that do women go through those or do men just go through those? I think that this is not a midlife crisis. I think this is like a midlife um, gut check where like you go one of two ways and I'm not shitting on either way. First of all, I love a little Botox. Don't get me wrong. Beam me up, freeze it. Let's shut it down. My problem with it is that it doesn't stay in my face very long. It stays in my face for like a month. I'm like, I'm not doing this all the time. This feels crazy. 
So my thing is I'm like, I really want to make sure my skincare is on point. So I've really started going to get facials. I did the microneedling. I went and did um, a little dermaplaning, a little hydrofacial. So I'm going to get in that rhythm. I want to keep my skin tight and right and make that as good as I can without having to do like a ton of injectables. And then I also want my teeth to stay really straight. I think as you age, they start to shift. And like my teeth have always been pretty straight. But my one front tooth, it drives me nuts because it just like started to shift and it's only going to get worse over time. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to Invisalign this because if I can keep my teeth straight and I can keep my skin right, maybe I can like age kind of gracefully. Does that sound so vain? No, it doesn't sound vain at all. I mean, this is what we have. It's a little vain. No, it's not. Listen, first off, you're on, you're a television performer and host, right? I'm just trying to keep it like real. I'm trying to keep it right without overdoing anything. You don't want to be that person that's like, oh shit, my face looks fucking different all of a sudden. I don't want that. No, you listen, you're an earthy broad anyway. So it's like, you can't be, you can't be walking around like, you know, with your face all tight and pulled up. That's not you. No, I want to like, just keep it a little natural. And anyways, I've just never been, I've never, I've had facials before, but I've never like gotten into like a full system. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to like really get into a thing Try to keep everything going in the right direction because age is inevitable. I'm I'm turning 37 in like less than a month. You don't look it, doll. You don't look it. Thank you. I would think all the diet coke keeps that's, me. That's it. I would. Keeps uh, me young. I started doing um, a skincare routine too. Amanda Huber put me onto it a very long what, time what, ago. What's the deal? She was just like, dude, get a cleanser, get a toner. And maybe wait, a, Amanda Huber put you on, or John Huber put you? No, on No, Amanda it? Huber put me on to it. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Brody, Brody's wife, R.I.P. Brody Lee. Um, and we were just, we were, you know, she was telling me about her skincare routine, and she was just like, "You gotta get a toner and get a cleanser and a moisturizer. That's all you need. That's it. That's all you need for a guy." And you know what? I'm gonna be forty next year. I think I look damn good for forty. So you look great. You look great. We're all just trying to stay afloat. That's all any of us are trying to do is stay afloat, keep shit on track. That's where I'm at. So anyways, that's the story of my Invisalign where I was like, if I can keep my teeth really straight and I can keep my skin like looking somewhat together, we'll see what happens. You know, roll the dice. You're going to be a golden goddess all the way into your 90s. I think I just kind of think about this too, because after having a baby and I'm like, like I just said, like I literally jumped on here. I'm like, I'm so tired right now. Like I'm exhausted. I get decent sleep, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm tired. I don't get to work out as much as I used to. Um, The like juggling act of all the things. So sometimes I just like pass myself in the mirror. I'm like, whoa, let's figure this out. Well, well, I think the (laughs) the most important thing that we have to discuss is the idea of self-care. How much self-care does Renee J. Paquette give herself? Honestly, you're, you're listen, look at what you do. Let's analyze it. O- outside of being a media queen, because this is what you are, you're running an empire. I like to take the Ron Funches line of the Canadian queen of conversation. I'm going to get that tattooed. Do it right across your back. Cover up my tramp stamp. But you are. Like, you do a lot of work, right? You've also been doing this stuff with uh, the PGA and big shout outs to Michelob. So you've been doing a lot of stuff. But, like, you're also a mother. And that is a full-time. Your kid's 14 months. And that's a lot of work. You have a house you got to upkeep. Your husband, by God, that man is just, 
he's all over the place too. So you have to keep him in order. It's it's there's legit. It's legit. If you walked in our house, it's like there's luggage places that it shouldn't be. There's like piles of clothes. They're like, all right, bring them up to laundry, get that done. Oh my god, as a kid eating what's in the fridge? Who's like, what are we having for dinner? Like it just the the your brain never stops thinking about all of these things that I become the very last priority. I'm like, oh, whatever, it's fine. So long as I get to bed at a certain time, I'll live. No, but shouldn't you make yourself number one so everybody else can thrive off of what you do? Like, even if you give yourself a morning routine in the morning, like, right, once you put the chicken back down for her morning nap, can't you give yourself, like an hour to do something that you want to do, whether it's exercise, meditate, skincare, I don't know, grounding. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I feel like that's a thing that comes. I think I'll get back to that. It's not that it's gone. I think right now it's just kind of like you just kind of like get through the day. You know, like sometimes I put Nora down and I'm like, okay, I can pop out and hit the treadmill for a bit or I'll put her down at night and I'll go hit it then. My big thing working out wise right now, I'm like, as long as I can get on my 10,000 steps a day, take her for a nice walk, take her to the park. We, it's tons of hills here. Like that counts for something. I'm still moving my body a lot, obviously. But am I like out there like really grinding it out in the gym? No, but I'll get back to it. And I'm okay with that. Um, but what I've been doing a lot lately that I've been really into is I'm, I've been reading a ton. And that is my like, that's my thing right now is reading. I go to bed really early. I've been like, me and Kayla Braxton are in a little book club right now. We're reading these Colleen Hoover books, which I'd never heard about. Uh, the girl that does my hair actually put me onto them and I read one. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, very explicit. Let me tell you. It's about sexy time? Not all of them. So the first one I read definitely gets into some sexy time for sure. The first one I read is called um, It Ends With Us. Then I read another one called Verity, which is far more like thriller, very big page turners. So like every chapter, you're like, oh, my God. So you like fly through these books. And now I'm reading one called um, Ugly Love. This is what moms do in their free time. They're like, what is going on over here? It's like my little Harlequin novels. <laughs> Holy moly. I know. I was like texting uh, Kayla about it. I was like, these are spicy. Yowza. But they're good. They're, they are very good. Highly recommend, but I guess like every woman in America is reading these books right now. I had no idea. See, I remember when the, uh, what was it? The, the 50 yeah, Shades. where that was reaching the beaches and ruling the pools. I remember. Um, <laughs> reaching the beaches. <laughs> you know, uh, this, this girl that I was dating at the time, she finished like two of the books and she was like, you have to read them. And I'm like, this is. Uh, I go, am I the target demographic for this? Are you, are you hinting to me that you want BDSM? Like, what, what do you, like, what do you want? I was like, yeah, give me your Kindle. First off, I don't like reading on Kindles. I'm a book brother. Agreed. I'm with you a thousand percent. I like to turn the pages. I still yeah. have a library card. I want a dog ear. So, yes. Yeah. I, I like having a physical I like making, book too. I like making margins in the notes mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I, I read it and then, then we discussed it and whatever. And then that was it. But she would just wanted to get me to read these books. And I was just like, uh, this is. It's funny. Well, I get that though, because I, as soon as I finished that Verity book, I said to John, I was like, dude, you have to read this book. And that one's a more like thriller one. He, I don't think he'd care for the like the um the like more like romance novel ones. That's definitely like not his speed. I'm, I mean, listen, he would like the like spicy like sex scenes. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Um, but uh, 
But the the thriller one, I was like, dude, you have to read this book because I want to know a male's perspective on what this book is about. Like, it's super messed up. Yeah. Um, he started reading it and it's still just sitting in our kitchen. So, well, is he reading comic books right now or no? Yes, yeah. that's why. Exactly. He sits and reads his comic books. And I'm like, dude, like read, read the actual book, pick up the page because I feel like reading off of your phone in bed with like comics, that's not going to put you to bed. That's going to keep you awake. Well, it depends on what he's reading too. Cause uh, I got some, some comics I want to send him like actual physical books that I, I want to give him that I think he'll, he'll really get a kick out of. I'm reading right now. Um, the stranger by Albert Camus. And it's like this existential book. About- Albert Camus. What a name that is. It is just about like absurdism, existentialism, you know, all the things that I thrive in. And it's just about this, this dude and, you know, the impact of his, um, his so it's a fiction. Yeah, it's a fiction book. And I really don't like to do. I wish um, I could do more fiction. I'm a dummy. I want to I want a story. I want characters. I want to get lost in all that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's cool. But like I I also I'm big into and I think John would like this. I think he would like um, Charles Bukowski. What are his books? This is a really good one. It's a collection of sh- there's a collection of short stories called Diary of a of a Dirty Old Man. Then there's um then there's Post Office. Uh, there's Ham on Rye. Uh, he has some really really good ones, but they're just like it's him in L.A. and he talks about uh, his life and how he doesn't really want to work and how he hates working at the post office and how he's just waiting for his opportunity to become this big famous writer and you know his ex-wife and then his other ex-wife and then his girlfriend and then this girlfriend and him betting at the track and it's just really interesting shit so is it like a little bit like um gosh who wrote junkie william s burroughs william s burroughs did junkie yes um i've read a few of his books that i really really liked um, Naked Lunch is another one of his. It's really good. Yeah, that you sort of sound a little Hunter S. Thompsony. Oh, absolutely. I I have I've only read in my entire life um, books that really call to me, but they have to come to me. The first book I ever read on my own accord in college because I wasn't I was like reading. <laughs> I ain't doing that. Uh, it was um, Jack Kerouac's On the Road. I've never read that. Did you watch the movie when it came out? Yeah, I did. I did. Did you like it? No, I thought the book was better. I mean, that's always the case, right? Yeah, there is like a scene when when Kerouac ex- talks about his experiences in Mexico and then falling in love with this Mexican woman, and like just the detail that he went into in that, to me was the was the shifting point of why I thought this guy was probably the greatest American writer in the last fifty years. I should read that. I I've, I know when on the road when the movie came out, and I was like, oh, maybe I should I should read that. I I love when there's like authors like that. They're like, you should. These are the books that you should have read and need to read. I like kind of having those lists and like compiling them and kind of knocking them off. I did a lot of that when I was like younger, like reading like every Truman Capote book, getting into William S. Burroughs, finding like all those different authors and just like going down a whole like rabbit hole with them. Um, But yeah, Jack Kerouac is definitely uh, on that list. Yeah, he has two that I I like a lot. Outside of On the Road, there's um, The Dharma Bums, which is another like coming of age where it's like I'm love a I'm, good coming of age and that's all that they are really it's right after like world war ii the 
the country settling into itself again. Now you're getting expressionism. You're getting like the height of the baby boom. You have these guys that don't know what they want to do, but they don't want to concede to society and wear a suit and tie and go, you know, have a pale lunchbox or, you know, so they want to travel the world and they want to travel the country on their own dime. And it's it's amazing how it's a time capsule of this country that will never be again. It will never be again. And even just the simple idea of hitchhiking. Oh, yeah. Now it's like, are you nuts? Super dangerous. But even then it was just like, yeah, sure. Hop in the back of the truck. I can drop you off. I'm going that way. I could drop you off midway. You know, so it, it, it was things like that. And how you really didn't need a lot of money. And how you could just, you could get by taking these odds and end jobs. And, you know, around that whole beatnik culture where it was like him and Ginsburg you know, and all these other prominent writers and they're they're trying to figure out who they are, you know, both emotionally, physically, sexually. And it was amazing to read in college because it was like this eye opener. And I was like, well, wait a minute. There is more than life just than the five or 10 miles in which I was born. OK, cool. Some of those books like when went like Truman Capote, he could either take you like in like deep into the south or like in like that New York vibe, same with uh, J.D. Salinger, a bunch of his books. Like I, I, he was another one that I went, I think I read all of his books. Um, but same kind of thing like that, like 50s New York kind of vibe. My other, some of my favorite, favorite books that like I would actually probably go on record and say are my favorite are like Valley of the Dolls. Have you read any of those? Oh, yeah. They're great. I love that. Like I love that like 50s showbiz kind of books of like they're all going to 21 and they're going to these clubs in New York and they're like doing these secretary jobs and they get discovered and they're like doing Broadway and like all of like the ups and downs of like Hollywood in New York um, entertainment at that time. I just like I love those books. Again, it's a time capsule to the way New York will, will never be seen again. And you mentioned Truman Capote, my favorite Capote book. Is actually Breakfast at Tiffany's. I have Kel Beast tattooed on my ribs um, from Breakfast at Tiffany's when he's trying to get in her room and Audrey Hepburn, Kel Beast. And it's, it's, I actually think they, they emphasize it far more in the book than they do in the movie. But I mean, the movie I love and adore, but the, the book is like, it's just so great. I got a, a dear lady friend that when she's like depressed, She'll text me just the word mean reds. Yes. And then I'll I'll FaceTime her and we'll talk for like two hours until she feels better. And then I, I do the same thing. Like I'll text her mean reds and then she she calls me. And I love that like that book. I love that whole era of New York. I used to call I used to always call like my I remember like when, like reading that book and I feel like I've not done it in a while, but I used to always like say call like slob, like the cat. Come here, slob. <laughs> oh, it's so great. That, move, that movie's good. It's exceptional. Kick off week one with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with the promo code Renee to get in on the action. Then you can turn game day into payday all season long. Uh, some of the type of bets that we've got, we've got win totals, division winners, Super Bowl winners, player props, week one spreads and totals. The list goes on and on and on. So play your way and bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches. You can even combine your bets with a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. 
Don't fumble your chances to get $150 in free bets, win or lose. Use the promo code Renee. That's R-E-N-E-E. Make every moment more fun with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Disclaimer, 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonuses issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789. 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming or visit www.gambler.net for West Virginia. So here's a fun fact. I don't know if people know this, but the actor George Pappard, who played the love interest for Holly Golightly, would later become Hannibal in the A-Team in the 80s. Interesting little tidbit. Guys, see, we know more than just wrestling, all right? You heard it here first. It blew my mind because now I'm watching old school television because on, on, on my Spectrum TV app, they have all these like other extra channels like Antenna TV, MeTV, all these retros. I love a little Turner Classic movies. If it's black and white, I'm in, baby. I'm in. You and I were talking before, but I want to kind of find like some new segments to add on to the sessions, whether it's a part of the podcast, it's something we do on, on, you know, YouTube or whatever. But that was something I thought about doing where like, I often like romanticize the idea of like, oh, let's just like pick an actor and watch all of their movies. I really want to start with Elvis. And I know obviously you're a huge Elvis fan, uh, but getting into like a bunch of his movies, I just watched the, the Elvis movie, by the what way. What did you think of it? Because Elvis week just passed. They they have a, a whole week celebrating and memorializing the king of rock and roll because he, he died last week. So it, it's they, they celebrate his life on Sirius XM. They do a whole bunch of stuff. My brother has a radio show. He's been celebrating Elvis. And it's what, what, what did you think of the movie? So I love Elvis. I thought Austin Butler was amazing. He's so just like exudes that like mystery and that handsome charm that was Elvis. Love, love, love that. Um, But here's the thing I'll say that I, I actually didn't love the movie. And I know everyone loved it, but I think the reason why I didn't love it, A, it was too long. Too, too long. And B, if I watched it in the theater... I would have liked it more, but it jumps around so much. And I was watching it at home and I'm like getting up and getting a snack and then I'm looking at something on my phone. I needed to see it in a theater with undivided attention because I'm sure I would have been completely enthralled in it. Uh, But I do feel like they did a really great job of covering all of the versions of Elvis. Yeah, it's it's that real phonetic pacing energy that kind of threw me off a bit, too. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be that fast-paced and jump around as much as it did. I thought it was going to be a little bit more of like that linear story. Right, and I, I thought that too, but that is that is Baz, uh, what is his name, Lusherman? I think that's his name. He's the, he's the Australian filmmaker that, that directed Elvis, but he's been doing that type of editing for a very long time. There was things that I wished that they would cover more. Yeah, they talked about his mother Gladys. They really didn't get up to how the perpetual fuck-up his father really, really was. Um, they didn't give us more of the Priscilla stuff. Yeah, I would have liked some more Priscilla. They could have. I think they could have gave us the spiral that he went down once she left. 
and all these other women that he was with that would just allow him just to do all the drugs. And, you know, the Memphis Mafia were just a bunch of yes men. You know, all of all of that stuff. Yeah, I think they covered a lot of to me. I think it was very Tom Parker centric where they were they were telling the story through the eyes of Colonel Tom Parker, who is probably the greatest snake oil salesman in the history of snake oil salesmen. Tom Hanks, man, just he's he's great. Obviously, what what a dumb statement. Obviously, Tom Hanks is fucking great. Duh. But like, I'll just repeat it here. But to me, I, I don't think it gets it gets none better. And I like the fact that they would show and they did it real quick, too, because they are real pivotal for himself. His movie roles. So it was just real quick. This and then this and then this one to this. And then at the end, right before the 68 comeback special. He just filmed, I guess, Harem Scarum. So he's sitting in the trailers and they're playing Blue Christmas and they were going to do a Christmas special. And that's when he comes out with If I Can Dream and and whatever. So like the whole thing was he didn't want to do a Christmas special, but Tom Parker was forcing him to do a Christmas special or that's what they want you to believe in the movie. I wish someone would force me to do a Christmas special. Shit. I know you do. You're the, you're the queen of Christmas. So um, they he, then he, he has this secret meeting with these two guys and you get what you see with the 68 comeback special, which I think you should watch because I think you would absolutely love it. It is pure Elvis 60s. He reinvented himself. He comes out in the black leather outfit. He starts doing um, it's the same music, but just a little bit different. It's a little bit more like, you know, modern a little bit. And it's just off to the races after that. He becomes he, he revitalizes his career just just by doing that. I think we should definitely uh, do an Elvis movie night. Like, I would love to do that. I think it would be fun. Yeah, just to like. I don't know, even just like doing like a little like side little book club thing and like watching a bunch of movies and then like kind of rehashing a bunch of them. I I just think that would be kind of fun, whether it's doing new stuff or going through old stuff. I'm I don't know. I I, I love watching movies, so we might as well talk about it. Right. Speaking of um, the director of the Elvis movie, I watched another one of his movies a couple of days ago and I fucking hated it. What was it? It was Romeo and Juliet starring Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio. You don't like that movie? No. Hated it. Hated it. Was that your first time having seen it? Yeah. Oh my God. Can I tell you how much that movie imprinted on my soul as a teenager? That movie also has one of the absolute best soundtracks ever of all time. I will always say on record, talk show host by Radiohead is one of my favorite songs of all time. And it transports me to being like 12 or 13 when that movie came out. And they're like between the fish tanks staring at each other. Claire Danes is this like beautiful, ethereal, literal angel. And oh my God, Leonardo DiCaprio, the things I would have done to (laughs) breathe his air as a child. Let me tell you. Oh, my goodness. I once dated a guy because he kind of looked like him. But that was a mistake. All right. They, they, they say don't don't date the people that you lust over in real life. And there you go. You got a, ta- you got a taste of it. <laughs> you learn these things as you go, you know. Um, nice guy. Very nice guy. Um, but no. Like, so what did you not like about that movie? There's one scene that I absolutely love. Okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. No, I'll tell you what I love. It's the scene right before they go into the masquerade ball and Harold Pettigrew, who plays Marcuccio, pulls up and he's fully decked out 
in drag, right? With the wig and like the corset and like and he, Harry Pettigrew is an absolute He's fantastic amazing. actor, right? He's amazing. So now, so they're doing the old English forsooth, young maiden, and I with thee, and I, I just I don't like the way like the delivery was, but you could tell what they're doing, right? So they're talking about love and love is this, and you got to live your life, and then he pulls out the ecstasy and he puts it on his finger. I love the whole thing, and then you see they're singing "Young Hearts Run Free." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that scene, that whole scene is great. Like as like the, the the pistols hanging off the the arm, you know. And then they're at the party, and then you have Paul Servino, and then like the whole setup with that. Like this is like this whole musical scene. That's the only scene that I like in the whole thing. I need you to know that I have I feel joy right now, even talking about this movie. Like I want to go watch it now. There's so many great scenes. The music, like that is true. I know I've talked about the soundtrack a second ago, but like aside from just like talk show hosts, like there's so many great songs, great moments, great performances. Oh my God. I just did not like the the English part of it, like that ye old English. If they did not do that though, it would have been like sacrilege to the Shakespeare. That was such an intro to Shakespeare for me because I, when that movie came out, I went and read Shakespeare, or I went and read Romeo and Juliet. And then I just kind of, I actually have like a Shakespeare for Dummies book downstairs that like breaks down all of uh, Shakespeare books. But uh, no, I, I love that movie, especially like the time that it came out. And I feel like that's like a really sweet age too. And you're like, you're like 10 to like 15 is like that very pivotal, like, who am I? What are my likes and my dislikes? What are my interests? And that movie was one of my interests. I will say what is kind of nifty was that scene where she comes out of the elevator. He finds her and he's a, and he's like enamored with her at first, like he's about to climb the trestle and he whispers it real quick, but soft. What light through yonder window breaks? It is the east and Juliet is the sun. Arise, fair sun, and kill the envious moon. I like that you can just quote that. That's a good skill to have. <laughs> that is a good... I'm, I'm you know weird. what? Dudes I, are weird like that. Things- I feel like guys' brains retain information like that. John can quote stuff. Like, he'll say something. I'm like, I have not a clue what you're talking about. And, like, he is direct quoting something that he saw once. Like, he'll he'll quote, like, random episodes of Frasier. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Do I understand and can intellectualize the text? No, I, I, I don't. But I understand what William Shakespeare was writing for because he was writing for people with the theater in the round. So they were a bunch of like rowdy drunks and just like like people that were were just they, they wanted like quick, I guess, our version of whatever like the quick entertainment would be. I guess that's what these what these plays were. So to me, it was just never it was just never one of those one of those things. And the reason why I jumped to Romeo and Juliet is because I I fell into this comic book TV series called The Sandman. And there is a there's a brief scene. It's on Netflix. It's fantastic um, where the the character of Morpheus, the Sandman, meets William Shakespeare. And then I remember because I read the comic book where he he writes a Midsummer Night's Dream for the Sandman because it deals with like, you know, this like mystical world known as Avalon. And then I'm flipping through the channels. I see on HBO On Demand that Romeo and Juliet was on. And I was like, okay, this is a sign. I'm going to sit and watch it. Outside of the initial amazing shootout in the beginning of the film, I'm just like... What a great scene that is. Holy moly. Yeah, it's it's great. And I didn't know that a young 
a young, even younger, handsome Paul Rudd was in this movie. Yes, that was like a big, when you think of like Paul Rudd doing that movie and Clueless, like pretty close together, like those were really great breakout roles for him. Like, I'm like, how old is this brother? I know. Uh, that dude is aging while well. I bet you he gets some great facials done. You think he dermaplanes? No, I think he's probably like a real salt of the earth kind of guy. Can men even dermaplane or is that called shaving? I don't know. I, don't, I was actually wondering that because I don't think so. I th- at this point, I just think it's shaving. Yeah, I wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it would do nothing on my face. I think it's just shaving as well. Um, there was something else I was just going to tack on to this. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Have you watched um, uh, the Manti Teo? Teo? I always think I'm saying his last name wrong. Manti, Manti Teo's uh, documentary? No, I've been watching The Captain, the seven-part documentary on Derek Jeter. Is that is that great? Yeah, I, I'm a big Jeter. I mean, grew up in New York. How can you not love Derek Jeter? He's the coolest son of a bitch in the world. Everybody wanted to be Derek Jeter. So what is about the Manti Teo doc? So it's him essentially being catfished by this other Samoan dude um, that now is transitioned into being a woman. Um, but it's this whole thing of like, uh, you know, number one draft pick, uh, going to college, he ends up going to Notre Dame, the whole world's watching him. He's bringing like this whole new life back to Notre Dame, a school that has been like losing, losing, losing all those things to then bringing on Manti Teo and he, uh, he's ripping it up Has such an incredible season, but he has this like side girlfriend that he's talking to the whole time. Um, Lene, uh, I can't remember what the last name is, but Lene. So he's like talking to her. They don't ever meet. She says, hey, or her, her brother calls him, says that she's been in like a car accident and she now has leukemia. Then she ends up dying. And it's like she dies hours apart from like when his grandmother died, who like obviously like legitimately died. Uh, but it's like this whole twisted thing of him being catfished. But then they get into like the the other conspiracy theory that he was like behind the whole thing and he was like part of this whole mix up, which I don't believe to be true. I think he was just a very naive kid. He was a kid. He was 21. Right. 21. Like it was a baby anyways. And he's got like the world looking at him. He is like laser focused on football. He thinks he meets this other Samoan woman that has like the same interests, same backgrounds as him, all that stuff. So he's like, oh, I found this great chick. She's a babe. She's got all these things going on. Eventually I'll meet her, but I'm busy right now. So I'll just keep talking to her in the meantime. Um, I think he just got like wrapped up in all of that. And then got blindsided and then like dev obviously devastated when he thinks his girlfriend has just died. It's it is a trip like it is quite the roller coaster. I highly recommend going to watch it. It's fascinating. I got to peep this now. Yeah. I gotta, yeah I gotta, it's only it's only it's just a two parter. So it's like an easy I think each episode like an hour, hour and a half, something like that. Um, but yeah, really a fascinating deep dive. But it's odd to me. Like so I guess someone from Deadspin had gone on this whole thing of like trying to figure out who Lene was. Um, and then they get into this whole like other sub story of it, of thinking that he was a part of orchestrating this whole thing as well. It's very bizarre. But no, I think he was just like a poor dumb dumb that got like. Why would they think that he was part of the whole thing? What would like there has to be a reason. You can't just say like, oh, he he did this because he wanted to get more famous. There was a couple different like interactions between him and the guy that he was talking to 
posing as being his girlfriend. I think they like kind of thought that they actually knew each other beforehand and like pulled up like some tweets between them or something. I don't know. My memory's not very good, but. This is why, man, I try to stay away from internet dating. Well, we're smarter now. And that's the thing that sucks, too, is like then at this time, this was 2013. We we were privy, but not to the degree that we are privy now. He said he was like, I think I was like the first term of somebody ever even actually using the word catfishing. He goes, I'd never heard it before. I didn't know what it was. Um, so, yeah, he thinks his girlfriend dies and he's like on the phone, like staying in touch with her family. He thinks she, he's talking to her brother or cousin or something. And then she goes, it's Manti. It's me. Listen on my voice. And he's like, what the fuck? Like totally thrown for a loop that he's like mourning the loss of his girlfriend. She's like, psych, I'm here. And no, I was never your girlfriend. This is this is gnarly. I got to watch this now. Definitely watch it. Football fans, check out the three and out podcast with John Middlecoff only on the volume podcast network. John brings his unique perspective as an ex-NFL scout to the volume to break down all the news around the NFL and college football. Whether you're looking for game predictions, coaching searches, the ins and outs of the NFL front office, even an occasional golf tip, John has you covered. Download 3 and Out with John Middlecoff, only on the Volume Podcast Network. You know what I've been watching? Uh, I'll, I'll just I'll tell you the plot real quick. This guy comes out on national TV. This is right? a Jeter thing? No, no, I'll just, I'm going to fill you in. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the title in a minute, right? This guy comes out on cable network television. Comes out of like the closet? No, just comes out, just comes out on TV okay. during this just live television show. Okay, I'm going to shut up and let you talk. How about that? <laughs> and he starts shooting <gasps> on Hangman Adam Page. <laughs> <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> Or was there a reason? Oh, my God. Here's, wait, here's the kicker. Then he starts shooting on this other guy named Eddie Kingston. Poor Eddie. And all hell on the internet starts to break loose. That was a pretty fun two hours of like keeping up on what's going on in the world of wrestling. I've got my finger on the pulse. Wow. Right, without without peeling back too much of the curtain because we know who's involved with this thing. Sure, yeah. I, what a, just in general, I've I'm really I'm I my head's on a swivel right now between like what's going on in WWE, what's going on in AEW. Um, it's funny too. Like I feel like really since we started doing this podcast, and it obviously dates back prior to us doing this podcast, but in terms of like my conversations with this and being like, wow, what a great time in professional wrestling has just kicked up like 10 notches. It's It's been very, very good. It's been very entertaining. I'll say this too. I, I feel um, in terms of the WWE stuff, my like takeaway from all of that is like how happy I am for how many awesomely talented people that maybe didn't get to be quite as talented as they could be due to restrictions and limitations and whatnot. And now we're going to get really great glimpses into like how awesome some people can really be. Whether it's Michael Cole, 
doing his shit on commentary and being just as good as he actually is to Killer Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux being brought back into WWE to to Bailey working with uh with EO Sky and and working with um Dakota Kai uh it's it's just it is such a Ronda Rousey being booked properly Shayna Baszler being booked properly oh my god what a relief if you look back and you could think about the product within just literally a three-week time span, it's a completely different show to a degree. You can feel this new life being breathed into it. It's a life being breathed into it and its handcuffs have been removed. I think certain handcuffs, yeah, but like like you said, Michael Cole, I don't think he's ever sounded better. I've said this a million times and I'm just going to reiterate it of how good he is and how people have literally crapped on him for years and years and years. We hate Michael Cole, da-da-da, shut up, shut up, shut up. To be like, you guys don't even know how good he is and what a regular, like, Raw looks like for him, what SmackDown looks like for him, whether he's taking notes from the truck, whether Vince is talking to him in his ear. Like, that dude is in a pressure cooker every single show, and he takes the brunt of it. But now to see him, like, actually just show his talent and get to like show his love of professional wrestling and the fact that he has been in this business for 25 plus years and the depth of knowledge that he has in professional wrestling. I think it's awesome. Like it just, it makes me really happy to see him get to breathe and like do his thing, but also to see people being like, oh shit, Cole's awesome. It's like, yeah, he is. And like you said before too, that there's an opportunity now for talent that got released that never really got the, the chance to show what they can do. Even people that didn't get released, like people that are there that didn't even, that have been like kind of struggling, I'm sure, to a degree. There's a lot there now. And I've always said it. WWE has one of the greatest rosters. Yes. I thought they were cooking around 2016, right? I thought that roster was cooking. And now, man, this roster is just on fire. And that's the important thing to me is watching and telling interesting and compelling story. That's what I want. I think both shows are doing that now. You would still like, like how you seen Daniel Garcia come into his own with Brian Danielson. Oh my God. You're seeing yeah. some, you're seeing some really good stuff. And now how it's probably looks like it's shaping up to be Garcia and Jericho, which is going to be another crazy one. Cause I like Daniel Garcia. Like, Can we also slap a little extra respect on Chris Jericho's name as well? Uh, because he is one of those guys that like, he's down to put in the work. You know, like he reinvents himself at every corner. He, for him to show up and have the match that that him and John had, uh, what, two Wednesdays ago, um, to see him show up as Lionheart, Chris Jericho, straight out of the dungeon, ECW. Like, it was just, it's so cool to see how great he is, how great he can move. And as much as like, when you have someone for so long and you know how, you know, people love Jericho, obviously, but um, I think actually just like, taking a second to be like, dude, like for his age to be doing the stuff he's doing and the fact that he always wants to like learn and stay with what's trending, what's going on in the sport, what's going on in entertainment um, and just like continues to to evolve and crush it. Um, I, I feel like anyone can look at that and learn something from from Jericho. 
You know, I think you have to give, you definitely got to give dude his flowers. And and I've said this, and I'll probably catch wreck for this, but I, I feel that Jericho has been such a vital cog in the growth and development movement of AEW that you got to see what he's doing. Like, he he has been one of those guys that has been working with younger talent, helping oh, them yeah. develop, and then going off to do what they do. Look at the match he had with Orange Cassidy doing the Mimosa match. Like And people was, would tell me, oh, but sometimes, you know, the top guy always beats the younger guy. Like, people had had like this annoyance, this annoyance that like uh, like like the top guys like go over on the younger guys. And I'm like, you know, professional wrestling does this amazing thing where the top guy can go over, but guess what? The person that lost just got made. Still got that rub. Yes. Right? Like like Garcia got the rub against Brian Danielson, arguably the best professional wrestler out right now. And also, like, getting that win right off the bat is not as important as that story to losing, losing, losing. We get to see how awesome they are. Then they get that big win. And then we're all like, oh, okay, now we want that win. Now it's that, like, deserved, earned spot. And now that star is truly made. But what Chris has done with the Jericho Appreciation Society and what he did with the inner circle, where you had guys like Santana and Ortiz and Sammy Guevara, they, you know, these guys came into their own specifically Sammy really came into his own you know right and then right after that it goes on and he has three really interesting and real unique TNT title runs yes they played hot potato with the belt with Scorpio Sky a couple of times but they still told interesting story the same thing goes for Jericho and MJF Punk and MJF those guys from 2.0 you know now that like like they really are like consummate performers and they're very very funny so, you know, but you don't get that opportunity to shine if you're not paired with a guy like Chris Jericho who sees it and wants to help you. And you get that TV time. And that's the most important thing. So so wrestling across the board, and I know we made a joke at the beginning where it was like CM Punk shooting off the hip, brother, but it really makes it really interesting. And even John and Punk leading into Dynamite on Wednesday and then maybe the pay-per-view uh, in a couple of weeks or maybe in a week or two, it's really interesting to see like that pull apart was great. You know, he said some stuff that made the crowd go, whoa, wait a I minute. I was sweating at home. I was at home sweating. This huge other discourse started. Once Punk said what he said about John being the third best guy in the shield or whatever it was, started this whole thing on social media where people are arguing the validity of which shield member is having the best solo run. And, and and that's what you should do because each one of them, to me, are killing it in their own unique way. And they all have these, as we like to call them, like beehives, like the Beyonce hive. Like they all have these these fandoms. Oh, my gosh. Wait, who? Ha- that's the question is who has the crazier fans? I venture to say John, but I think that's because I'm a little closer to it. Is that true? No, I think it's John because one your husband doesn't believe in social media, doesn't do social media. It's not his thing. So now you have a vocal fan base speaking on behalf of the man that does not give a shit that you're speaking on his behalf. So if if we're talking about who wants to who where are we ranking our shield guys? Then you it's not even like they don't care. They're all doing just fine. Yes. They're not out there comparing notes of who's having the better year. But the fans are doing that. And you know what? There's really some interesting takes on like I, I was bet. reading some of I them where there is 
where they were saying at first when Roman came out and won the Universal Championship and started the Tribal Chief thing, it was great. Then it started to wean a little bit. Maybe it's going to pick back up again. Booking him as double champ kind of hurt that. Then you had Seth, who's been coming, really came into his own after the Monday Night Messiah with this whole Seth freaking Rollins thing. Really started to change with the outfits and just being a heel, but being such a utility guy that he will give anybody a five-star match. And then you got John, who might be the blue-collar workhorse of the entire trio, left made his own bones, people questioned, could he do it? Is he going to do it? Where is he going to go? What's this AEW thing? New Japan Pro Wrestling? I don't know if he could fit in over there. And then he dominates. And then kind of without John, to take it back to what he said on the podcast that we had him on like two months ago, he's the reason the Forbidden Door exists. You don't get all these things without the three of these guys doing their thing. So to compare and contrast to say who's the best, you can't say that. You could say who's the best at this specific thing, but not at the whole thing. And I think all of them can hang their hats on how good they are. I mean, listen, it's always a, it's always a fun conversation either way. I mean, there are so many different stones that you could turn over analyzing, which each three of them have been able to do. And it's crazy, too, to think for each of them, they're all, like, in their mid-30s, which I always say is that sweet spot. They're not. Like, they've got so much more ahead of them as well as to, like, what else is going to happen? Like, how do they continue to evolve? How do they tap into that Chris Jericho thing of, like, how do we evolve? How do I stay relevant? How do I find what that next thing is? Uh, I think that's like a really interesting testament to to like the creative aspect. Also, you know, what they put their bodies through. Absolutely. And I think when it's all said and done, you can really have an interesting case study on them that they could be the greatest faction of all time just yeah. because they're individual. So, <laughs> I would hope so. But uh, they're, they're, that their, their solo careers are so rich and so deep. And and they don't connect anymore. They don't usually when the boy bands break up, only one of them is successful. So it's right. So who's the you want to know who's the Harry Styles? Harry. Who is Harry? Who is Harry Styles? Who is Harry? Who's Justin? Why don't you let us know? Why don't you? You could tweet (laughs) at Renee. You could tweet me. Let us know who is the Harry Styles. Only tweet me if I'm going to like your answer, though. Otherwise, I don't want to hear shit. I'll take the rest of your bullshit (laughs) and read it. All right. Uh, uh, This has been a fun chat. I'm glad that we wrapped it up with a little wrestling because I was just going to continue talking about Elvis and J.D. Salinger. I'm not mad at that, though. I'm not mad. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go pop in my Invisalign and I might go watch Romeo and Juliet. I feel very inspired to go put that put that on. Or I'll go read my Colleen Hoover book and. See what happens. I I don't know where I put it, so I got to track it down. Sounds like you got a wild night ahead of you, honey. <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right, guys, this has been the sessions. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, coming up uh, later in the week, we are going to be joined by Grandpa Ass. <laughs> yeah check back on the on the youtube for all of that stuff we got some really cool stuff out there right now yeah. we have all our nashville content is up there so if you want to see interviews with miro and cj perry and soraya you can go off and do that you want to see renee's hot chicken vlog and buying cowboy boots and cowboy hats with lita go check that out we have some interesting stuff with joey janella up there we have a whole bunch of stuff who's not a scumbag by the way he just kind of dresses like Sometimes scumbag chic. I got one other thing to say before we wrap this up, talking about things on YouTube. You know what I bought the other day? 
is uh, I, I'm a sucker for Instagram ads. So it's this thing called Pivo, I think. And it's this little motion tracker um, device that I can plug my phone into so I can do more cooking content without needing a cameraman. Game changer. It's going to track me while I'm in the kitchen. Game changer, guys. So I ordered it. I got it yesterday and I opened it and was like, you know, it's like scan the QR code to download the app to get it set up and their app actually is not up and running. I fall for the Instagram ad, so hopefully I can figure it out and get it working without the app. Uh, but either way, guys, the future is looking friendly. There you go. It's looking delicious. Or dare I say, messy in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, speaking of, I legitimately have to go clean my kitchen. It's a shit show right now. Bye, guys. See ya. See ya.